I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this to be funny. All three of us have tears in our eyes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You got any good stories? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm crying. Chris, get on an airplane and go make the Beatitudes cry. I have Beatitudes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The Howling. return of the howl. Yes, it's back. I, listen, this guest has me pumped. It has lain dormant <laughs> since 89, but here it is. Howling <laughs> since 89. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Beatitudes, a fun bonus episode this Friday. And uh, my name is Paul Kolker, your host. And I'm joined as always by Nick Besner. Howdy, howdy. Jeff Scheffelbein. Standing on the shoulder of giants. And this is a podcast. <laughs> For Christian men seeking to grow in humor and holiness with one another as we strive to follow the will of the Holy Trinity, we are joined today again by Chris McMahon, who was telling us... <clears throat> Excuse me. You get choked up when we bring on Chris. I mean, like, it's a... <laughs> with a long history together. <laughs> we go go way back. Special. If you've touched somebody in, in a hot room like this, uh, rubbing elbows... Yes. Like... <laughs> yes. We, we are now brothers. Yes. Um well, no, we, we are joined by Chris McMahon, uh, head of the Aquinas uh, Faith and Finance Score, all of this incredible stuff that you're doing. But all throughout uh, the, the first episode, we learned about so many miracle stories and crazy moments and just uh, how faith infuses everything that you do from your work life to your to your family to just your, your day-to-day. So, um, yeah, why don't we just uh, dive right in yeah, there? Any, anything you want to tell us at this tiny table? I would love to tell uh, two things. I thought it, it's interesting in the investment business at Aquinas Wells Advisors. I, I really, we help people their investments. And I always realized there wasn't much joy in the investment business, right? The idea was if you were in mm. retail investments, you're, you were supposed to stare painfully into a glass of scotch and kind of, you know, look, look deep into it. You're so think, smart. Yes, yes. Where and, should I and, allocate and, my capital? Yes, yes. And, and Catholic men, I found that too. That they would wield it as a weapon. They knew more than me, right? And they would wield it as a weapon. Mm. And I always said, why are they doing that? That's why, you know, these moments of joy are what we're seeking. We're seeking, we're trying to understand why we're here. Chris, nobody on this show that's a host has ever tried to wield a lot of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are very kind. Um, <laughs> Paul's smart, but he's great at like bringing it to Two people, Nick and I, are here. I'm just, I, I'm just sitting here going like this, with all the references that go over my head. But when you get one, you're like, got it. Doesn't happen. Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> Doing good. Well, it's so, it's so we were, we're thinking about a couple of things, and one of our priests back in Pittsburgh, you know, is a wonderful guy, and he he's a big strapping fellow. His name's Joe Freedy, and he played football at uh, University of Buffalo, where he had to go through the struggle of being kind of a, a journeyman to becoming the star again and enter the priesthood. And his parents are unbelievable folks. And uh, Joe uh, tells the story. And I've, I usually don't let the facts interfere with the story too often, but I, I've confirmed this with him several times. And it's actually on the Internet. You could check it out. But he had a call from a high school teammate who called him and said, Father Joe, I don't know what to do. He said, what, what happened? Tell me. And this guy was, you know, Sunday goer, but not a super engaged Catholic man. He said, I was jogging the other day near my office in Green Tree, Pennsylvania. And as I was jogging, I went by a house and I saw an ambulance across the street. For some reason, I, I thought it was a good idea to say Hail Mary. So I said Hail Mary as I was jogging. I never broke stride. I never made the sign of the cross, never crossed the street. And three weeks later, I was jogging by the house again. He, 
He was on my old fitness program once every three weeks, whether you need to or not. <laughs> and he was jogging by the house again. He heard someone screaming frantically, sir, sir, sir. Because I don't live on the street. They're not calling for me. Finally, she screamed, jogger, you stop. And he turned around. And a little old lady was running at him. She was 100 pounds in, in, in her 90s, perhaps. And she was running down the street. And she was, didn't have her coat on. It was cold outside. He said, ma'am, is everything okay? Can I help you? And did, you know, did someone need help in the house? She mm. said, no, I need to talk to you. You saved my life. And he said, uh, he, he said to, uh, to um, himself, well, I get it now. She's, 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 uh, she's nuts, right? That's what he thought. <laughs> so I, need, I need to help her back to her house, and I need to help her find a neighbor. And as he, st- he said, let me, dear, I'm not your nephew. Let me help you. Let me get you back to the house. And she said, no, no, no. I know exactly who you are. She said, three weeks ago, I was in my house, and I had a stroke, and I was in a coma. And I was in my house. Remember, the doors were closed. There was nobody. He just saw the ambulance. And they... And I was unconscious, and they took me over to St. Clair Hospital, which is very close to my office in Pittsburgh. And they took me to St. Clair, and as I was there, Jesus appeared to me, and he looked at me, and he held up his hand. And Jesus said, you are going to come to heaven today, but this man prayed to my mother for you. Mm. And as a result, you're not, <laughs> you are not going to heaven today. You're going to stay on this earth a while longer. And she didn't, that's all she had. And she was sitting in her house three weeks later, and he went jogging down the street, and she said, that's him, and he's not getting off the street, and I'm going to tell him about this. And it was overwhelming to the jogger, and it's an amazing thing. <laughs> And uh, a beautiful, beautiful story. And it's amazing, too, because when I actually sold it to sister uh, Mary Elizabeth, uh, who's one of the Sisters of Life in D.C., she said, well, you know, I, I say about 400 of those a day, and I don't get that kind of response. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he did say, Father Joe said, look, what am I supposed to do? He said, well, first of all, breathe, and secondly, understand that our prayers are real. What we're doing yeah. is real. And, 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 the, and the, our, you know, Our Lady hears our prayers. Her son hears our prayers. It's, it's a beautiful and overwhelming thing. And I think it's, I don't think it's, I, I think it's, beautiful that we seek out these stories and people to tell them. And I think it's one of the greatest gifts we can be given as people of faith to understand this is all, you know, we get so caught up in our own muck. Sometimes we forget all the, the magnificence that's out there, right? Muck wow. and magnificence. That's the next <laughs> one. <laughs> no. Uh, wow. So this was uh, father Joe Freedy. You said father Joe Freedy. Yes. I was in seminary with him and <laughs> okay. yeah, that's so hard. <laughs> and we played. Um, so every year the, I was part of the, the new man, right? The new man in, in Rome, it was uh, the first year students and he was I think a third year at the time maybe a four like maybe a deacon already and uh so it was the old men versus the new men playing football which of course he's on their team and he was a you know former yeah. collegiate football player sure. just like you oh yeah <laughs> yeah no we got schooled but um it was in a, a football game that we called the spaghetti bowl because it was in Italy and you know playing uh, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah, and he was he was tossing up hail marys then. Just I don't know if they oh had as much. Goodness. I don't know if they had as much impact. But, no, but that that is incredible to hear how amazing and well he's doing with all of that. It's too. incredible. Yeah. yeah, there was actually one that came to mind. If it's uh, well, no, actually, if you just no. give me a second, I'm going to light a campfire here. And uh, we're going to sit around because I think you've got a lot of good stories. I don't really have a place to burn fire here. But you got just, your solo stove mini <laughs> tabletop? I, I can listen to these all day. So my brother, at the tiny table, the mic is yours. What do you got for us? Right, there was just one I think that's big, so. Big man, tiny table, huge stories. <laughs> this full is, full this hearts. Can't this let's come was, up with more. This yeah. is one I was overwhelmed with. About six years ago, Molly and I went to the Sisters of Life Gala in New York, which was fantastic mm-hmm. every year. So beautiful. And Dr. Brescia, Michael Brescia, stood up to speak. And Dr. Brescia told the story that was an incredible story. When he was a young man in the hospital in New York, <clears throat> he he was, uh, people were dying. They were coming back from Vietnam. They were dying of uh, kidney 
was dialysis? I'm sorry, that's the kidney, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, kidney right. disease. And he was saying to, he was, he was a religious man, and he said, why are my patients dying? And God, could you help me? Because if they just would live long enough on dialysis, dialysis didn't work in the 60s or early 70s. They could live, get liver trans, excuse me, kidney transplants and live the rest of their lives. He was in the t- do- faculty lounge, uh, the doctor's lounge. He ate a cheeseburger, which all good ideas come from, apparently. <laughs> as the ketchup hit his plate, it connected to French fries. This is the truth. And he said, Eureka. He just asked God for a miracle. If the if the fistula would connect the veins, like the ketchup connects the French fries, it'd be a miracle. He did, went home and did six prototypes. The seventh worked. He took it to a large, a large Dr. Michael Brushy took it to a large pharmaceutical company. They said, "This is fantastic. We will give you today in 1971 billion dollars for this. One billion dollars. It sounds like Austin Powers, right? <laughs> Going to give you a billion dollars." He said, "It's fantastic." Unbelievable. He goes home to his dad and says, Dad, this is a game changer. His dad quit school at seven to start digging ditches in Italy. Mm. No more ditches for you, Dad. We're going to be, you know, beyond wealthy. It's going to be incredible. His dad said, I'm so proud of you, son. The lives you're going to save, it's so beautiful. He said, But, Dad, we have to wait a year because we have to set up the copyrights and, and we have to set up the company. And uh, we have to wait one year. So we can't say anything until Christmas. And it was like, you know, February. And his dad said, Great. But how many people die every year from this, son? He said, What? Well, in the United States alone, 50,000, Dad. And his dad said, But it works now. And he said, yes, Dad, but we have to set up the company. His dad, what is the consequence if we don't set up the company? That it's public domain and anyone can use the technology. His dad immediately said, how many people will die this year because of this, son? <sighs> he said, huh. He said, Dad, 50,000 United States alone. He said, well, you have to give it away today. You have to give it away today or you're not my son. Yeah. You have to give it away today. Every day you're shaving, you're going to look at it. You're going to look, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to see the face back at you as someone who's not here because you confuse the kingdom of God's kingdom with the kingdom on this earth. Every day, son, set a place at your dinner table. Set a place at your dinner table for someone whose father's not here because of your greed and selfishness. This is 30 or 40 years later. He's at the Knights of Sisters of Life. His wife had just passed. His grandchildren was there. He said, in Italian speaking, his father said, Dad, you were right. You were right, Dad. He gave it away. It would have 62, I think $62 billion in today's numbers. Insane number. Mm-hmm. He never received a penny. I knew that whole story. And then we learned the rest of the story. He just passed a few months ago. And what was fascinating about that passing, which we just had heard, he was in the Bronx. He was running a palliative care hospital where he was taking care of people, touching them, loving them as they came to the hospital. They brought in a homeless person recently in the last six months, uh, and her name was Angela. And they knew that. Nothing else. She didn't speak. They brought her in, and she was, you know, really in a worse way. Sure. They turned her nails, cut her hair, gave her humanity and dignity and loved her. She never said a word. He said, it's Dr. Brush. I'm going to come see you every day you're here, Angela. I'm going to come and see you. He's a 90-year-old man still driving to the hospital. It's amazing. He's going home one night. He said, I forgot to see Angela. He said, this is like four months ago, right before he died. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see. Nah, I'm not going to see you. I'll see you tomorrow. It doesn't matter. He said, oh, who am I kidding? I won't be able to. He turned right around, went back to the Bronx. Gets out of the hospital, goes to her room, and they said, it's good you're here. She's dying. She's in the acute stages of dying. He said, Angela, Angela, it's Dr. It's Dr. Brescia. I'm here with you. I just want to be with you for a while. And he sat down. He's 90. He fell asleep. He was asleep for about 45 minutes, and he woke up to someone screaming, Dr. Michael, Dr. Michael. And he woke up, and it was Angela looking right at him, wide awake, looking right at him. And she said, Dr. Michael, in a few hours, I'm going to be staring at the face of Jesus, and I'm going to tell him your name. And she fell asleep and died 30 minutes later. Brother, what? Okay, that's that's a mic drop. There it is. I dropped it. It's a cell phone drop there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying this to be funny. All three of us have tears in our eyes. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Praise be to God. Do you got any good stories? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm crying. 
Chris, get on an airplane and come make the Beatitudes cry. I have Beatitudes. <laughs> That's so good. I'm ready. To, wait, I, one more deep breath and we can go back in. Okay. I have a lighter one if you want it. If you're, if you're driving, by now I hope you've pulled over. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this. Absolutely not. One, one more lighter. Lighter. If you want, you're just, please. Uh, yes. This is a simple one. Molly and I are so blessed. We were able to the the, the kind of the council, the sister life, open a maternity home in Pittsburgh called Mary's Place. Our friends are wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. We ask people to come cut the grass. Forty people show up, and it looks like a BMW car lot. I laugh. All the people. Mm. None <laughs> of the guys have tools at their own houses. They go to Rollers Hardware, buy them, and bring them over. Yeah, they, and they leave them there. Price tags on yeah, them. They don't, they don't want to leave. They don't want them in their garages. They're like, I don't want that in my garage. Why do I don't want that? But anyway. Somebody dropped off a mother, and sometimes you, think, as you, you guys are involved in maternity homes. You know, sometimes the work gets a little tough. Yeah, we have the beautiful sisters of uh, Saint Michael the Archangel from Nigeria working there, and we always say, "Sisters, let's be a little less religious. We don't want to scare them off too much. We don't want to scare them off." It's called Mary's Place. There's statues of Our Lady everywhere. There's a grotto. It's fantastic. We, uh, anyway, so uh, this woman walked in, and she she looked nervous, and she said, "I'm here. I'm pregnant." And I saw the car outside. You don't know what the car is. I said, I'm going to go out and say hi to the guy. I happened to be there. I was, my office is nearby. I walked outside, and the guy rolled down the window. He looked tough. You know, and I'm an old guy now. I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I'm just saying hi. I said, hi, I'm a Chris. I'm, I'm a Chris. I'm, I'm Chris. Not like the guy at home, Chris. We're, yeah, they're both Chris. special. Both Chris. I'm Chris, <laughs> I said, but uh, I'm a volunteer here. And I thought he was going to say, be angry and be mad. And, you know, he looked like a tough guy. And he looked at me, and he said, uh, he started crying. He said, is she going to be okay here? And I said, sure, that's why we're here, that she's going to be fine. It'll be great. And he said, because I, I have to go to New Jersey to get a job because I need to have a job so I can pay for her to come back and be with me so we can be together and I can be a father to my baby so I can raise this baby. And I said, well, she's going to be great here. Let's look at this place. I said, I'm you know, a financial guy. This is sister from Nigeria. You're from New Jersey. And, and, and I realized all his belongings were in the car. He was overcome with emotion. And I said, I said to myself, well, what can I do here to comfort the guy? And I was just back from Our Lady Guadalupe. And I said, I said, his name to me thought it was a Mexican name. I said, are you Mexican? He said, I am. I said, do you know Our Lady Guadalupe? He said, I do. I said, why don't we pray to Our Lady, just thanking her for the beauty that we're all together today, right? So, we, you know, we pray and we pray of Hail Mary. And as we finish, I laugh because sister, who we always said, don't be too religious, says, yeah, but don't worry. We're not that religious. <laughs> He's just being crazy. So she's talking me down like I'm the religious wacko. <laughs> and, and the guy was so comforted. He sent that. He did. He sent for her. And she, it, a month later, she went with him. Six months later, we got a beautiful note from both of them that they were married. And, you know, you, you need those victories, as you guys know, in the, in, the, in the maternity home places. Yeah. So that was a beautiful, lighter, funnier awesome. story. Well, the, you know what? I... I if y'all don't mind me calling another audible, I want you to finish on one last story. And I've heard you tell a story before about a woman who didn't want to speak about, um, she didn't want to tell other people about their pregnancies. So maybe if we can, and for all the Beatitudes listening right now, um, we all get 30 points for crying. <laughs> Each of us got 30 points. Yeah. Chris, you get 300 points for making us cry through Jesus, Jesus through you. Uh, and uh, I think we finish off with this story and um, just thank God that we, uh, that we're being blessed by this grace that you brought onto our show. Oh, thank you. I'm so feel so lucky to be with you guys. It was I was telling the story about um, one of the women who came to live with the sisters in New York a few years ago, and she came and she was she made the decision. The strength of these women's amazing. They decide they're not going to be overcome by their boyfriends, their families, societal pressures. They know that there's something that is a unique and undeniable gift. 
She said, I'm going to have my baby, but I can never tell somebody else not to have their baby. I can't do that because it's their business. We're in New York. I never want to tell somebody that story. And she went to her doctor's appointment, and she was on the elevator with an OB guy who was friendly to these expected moms because sadly in New York, when the, unless the sisters go to their meetings with them, their appointments, the doctors kind of schedule abortions. Don't worry, we can cancel later if you want. But these women are, you know, they're doctors, they're mm -hmm. 40 figures, it's terrible. So that she was on the elevator, and a woman got on the elevator, and she's happy, she's bubbly, and she said, she said, uh, hi. And the girl looked at her and started crying. And she said, um, are you okay? She said, no, I'm pregnant. She started crying. And the woman from the Sisters of Life uh, said, her name is Raquel Joy. I said it wrong before. It's Raquel Joy. Raquel said, I'm, I'm pregnant too. That's wonderful. It's great. She said, no, I can't have a baby. I don't have the money. I can't have nowhere to live. It's, everything's terrible. I can never do this. I'm not capable of doing it. And that's what they need. They need us to tell them they're capable of doing it. So Raquel said she'd never tell anybody ever in a million years. said, wait a second. She took her hand and put it on her belly and said, feel this, this is my son. He's going to be a linebacker because he's kicking me. He's going to be brutal. And you're, you're not going to have an abortion. You're going to have a baby girl. And you're going to put her in pink and do her curls. And she's going to be the light of your life. And you're never going to imagine life without her. And you're going you're to tell her one day about the, you're going to name her Raquel after me. My name's Raquel Joy. And you're going to tell her about, about this crazy lady you met on an elevator one day. And it'll, you'll never, your life will never be the same. It'll be fantastic. And she took her by the hand and took her down to see her friendly ob and forgot all about her. And the Obi Gani took over, and he was really nice. And, and that interaction changed the world because two years later when Raquel was at the hospital, she saw a lunatic running down the hall at her. So the silhouette, you know, kind of the hospital scene running at her, running at her. She got closer. She still didn't identify her. She hugged her, almost tackled her. She says, Raquel, do you remember me? Do you remember me? And she took a little while. She didn't remember that quickly. Yeah, oh, yes, I remember talking to you on the elevator. She said, you don't understand. I would die for you. I remember everything on your face. I remember every aspect of who you are. And the gift you gave me in those 30 seconds, that 40 seconds of the elevator, overwhelming and is the most significant thing in the world. And you gave me the strength to do this. Come down here. I want to introduce you to somebody. She took her down the hall. And she said, I want to introduce you. And she pulled the stroller back and said, my beautiful baby, Raquel, and her twin sister, Joy. That's it. <laughs> Praise be to God. <laughs> so. Where are the Beatitudes? This is Chris McMahon. <laughs> Check out Aquinas Wealth Advisors, pray more, believe in miracles, sign up for a part that we're called in life to be a light to others, to pray for others when we say we're going to. And um, we're going to put some stuff in the show notes for you to check out. This has been an incredible bonus show. Yeah. I've seen right. us tear up. I've never seen us all three cry. Chris, thanks be to God for you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Beautiful. It's a gift to be here. All right, brother. We will see you in Pittsburgh, and for the rest of you, we'll see you in the Eucharist. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.